You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 225 of the Make It British podcast. So on today's episode, I'm going to be answering that age-old question, why aren't manufacturers getting back to my emails? This episode is actually a classic from this podcast archive, and I know we've got lots of new listeners recently who may not have discovered this episode. So I thought it was worth playing for you again so that anyone new that was listening, if you are trying to reach out for manufacturers and perhaps you're struggling, you've not had responses that you would have hoped, um, and maybe that this episode will help you understand why. And before we get on to the episode, I just want to give you a little reminder, if you haven't heard already, that we're running a masterclass on Thursday, the 21st of April at 1pm. It's the five steps to finding a UK manufacturer. It's going to be packed full of really useful information for you. If you are maybe starting a brand and wanting to make in the UK, perhaps you're making overseas and you now want to start reshoring your production. Or maybe you've been making here a while, you may even be making the product yourself and you think it's about time that you started working with manufacturers and factories. So anyone can register to attend. It's totally free. You just need to go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash five steps and that's the number five and then steps and you'll find all the details and the place to register. And if you're listening to this in the past, you can still register. And if you are listening to this in the past, then don't worry, you can still register at the same address and we'll send you the replay. So if you're listening to this now, somewhere where you've got access to the internet, pause it, go and register and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. And now here you go. Here's the episode, why manufacturers aren't getting back to your emails. Now, I know it's never excusable for a business not to reply to an email from a customer or a potential customer, but we are living in the era of complete inbox overload. Everyone receives far too much communication these days, and there's certainly amount of super quick triage that is performed on the inbox, particularly by manufacturers, to see who might actually be a good prospect and who, let's face it, is a potential time waster. Now, one of the things that you've got to realise is that you are probably one of hundreds of inquiries that that manufacturer is getting every single week. So I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but thinking that a manufacturer is sitting around twiddling their thumbs, waiting for your email to drop into their inbox is not the way it is these days. Generally, when someone gets in touch with me 
and they tell me that they've not had a response from a manufacturer. And I look at their email and I see what it is that they've actually sent. I find that their email fits into one of the following four categories. Number one, the email is far too vague. Now, what do I mean by vague? Well, I've seen emails that people have genuinely sent to factories that say nothing more than, can you make me some T-shirts? And, and that's literally all they have written. That will be like me sending an email to Sainsbury's and saying, can you send me some food? You know, they're going to reply back, aren't they? And they're going to say to me, that's if I'm lucky to actually get a reply. It's going to say things like, well, what type of food do you like to eat? Are you a vegetarian? How many people is it you need this food for? How many meals are you going to want to make out of it? Do you, are there any allergies in your family? You know, would you like drinks along with all this food that you're ordering? And by the way, what time of, time of day and what date would you actually like us to deliver it on? So when you see it like that, you'll understand it just doesn't make sense to just ask a manufacturer a really vague query like, can you make some T-shirts? Because it doesn't help them to understand what, what it is that you actually need. In, pro in fact, they'll probably have to spend a lot longer writing back to you and asking you loads of questions, like Sainsbury's would have been writing back to me, just trying to get to the nitty gritty and the details of what it is that you actually want to make. Or they could just go on to the next email, which already has all the information that they need to be able to start working with that person. Number two is that the email is too long. So this is the opposite of number one. So instead of getting straight to the point or being too vague, this person has given the manufacturer their entire life history. Often the email is so long that by the time you got to the end of it, you still can't work out what it is that this person actually needs. And you've probably also given up the will to live. They've been so busy telling their life story, they've left out the essential details that the factory needs. So just like Mr. Vague in his email, but in example number one, this email from Mr. Long is also going to take the manufacturer quite a while to reply to it. And that is even after he's finished reading the 2,000 odd words that this person has written. So if you think that might sound like you, do yourself a favour and keep your email straight and to the point with just the amount of details that the manufacturers need to ascertain whether they could actually make the product that you want to make and whether they're a good fit for you and vice versa. Now, number three is the email that starts off talking about price. Now, this one is pretty common. It usually includes words in the first line such as cheap or reasonable or even bargain. Now, bear in mind, you are looking for a manufacturing partner here. Are you going to go up to a girl in the street, invite her on a date by saying, would you like to come to a cheap restaurant with me? Even if that is what you're thinking. Or something like, um, I'll take you out, but only if we can go somewhere that's reasonably priced. Now, you might say that after you've known them for quite a while, but you wouldn't, it wouldn't be your opening line, would it? So why would you ask a potential manufacturing partner 
if they can make you something on the cheap. And if cost price is really all you care about, you're going to be barking up completely the wrong tree with UK manufacturers. And finally, email number four, which is from, let's call him Mr. Clueless. He's not bothered to do any research whatsoever. In fact, he's hoping the factory are going to do all his research for him. So much so that he's approached a manufacturer that makes paint when he really wants to make some fabric. Now, That example might be a bit extreme, but I do hear of some really random requests that people have sent to manufacturers thinking that if it's a factory, you can just turn, you know, if the manufacturer, if it's a factory, they can just turn their hand at making practically anything, which no, they can't. Do your research beforehand, approach the right manufacturer for the type of product that you want to make and show them that you know what it is you're talking about and that you're a viable business prospect. So there you go. That's the four main suspects when it comes to unanswered emails to manufacturers. Mr. Vague, Mr. Long, Mr. Price, and Mr. Clueless. But I'm sure you are none of those, are you? So I hope you enjoyed that little soundbite from the podcast archives. Some of the oldies are the best. And I know that iTunes doesn't always show all of the old episodes. So I thought it would be worth reviving it. And if you do need some help with what you need to prepare before you do send that first email to a manufacturer, then make sure you register for our Five Steps Masterclass. Just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash five steps. That's the number five and then steps. And it will give you all the details about what's happening on the masterclass. You'll get a chance to ask me lots of questions as well if you come along live. But if you're listening to this in the past, you can still sign up and we'll send you the replay. Thanks for listening. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I've not done a reminder in a while, but I would really appreciate it if you do enjoy the podcast, if you would leave me a review, particularly on iTunes. I know it's not the easiest to find where to actually leave the review, but you need to do it in the iTunes app. And it makes a big difference because it helps this podcast get shared and shown to more people And more people then in turn can find out about UK manufacturing and the wonderful UK made brands. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash make it British LTD. That's make it British with the letters LTD. Bye bye.